This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. While you may think that history is eh, vaguely interesting, the truth is it's fun and metal AF. Echoes of the past are still reverberating through our world today, and Body Count is here to show you how our shared history affects your life on the daily. Whether you know it or not. So, are you past the point of higher education? Feel like you didn't learn anything from your high school history teacher? Or just didn't give a flying crap about it? Are you tired of always missing out on the yellow history pie piece and trivial pursuit? Are you the horror of all your friends' game nights? Did you once proudly announce that Napoleon Bonaparte was a super short little nutsack? When in reality, he was an average-sized nutsack. Have you been thinking about living under a faulty dam? Or perhaps an active volcano? (laughs) Well, we have good news. It's not too late for you or your homeowner's insurance. Come on over and listen to Body Count, the podcast that explores death and disaster through the ages with only one rule. Someone, or usually a lot of someone's, dies. Because history doesn't repeat itself, it rhymes. A proud member of the MSE Podcast Network. And now, on with the show. Hello everyone, welcome to... We're watching here! We're watching here! This is Opinionated Movie Talk with Chris and Perry. My name is Chris Williams. With me is the Pauline Kale to my Roger Ebert, <laughs> Perry Cyber. Hi everybody! Perry, how you doing, man? I am great. I'm so excited to tackle this topic today. Oh, it's, it's fun. It's a nice little break from having to sit and watch something <laughs> and talk about other people's work. Because for the next uh, 45 minutes or so... We're going to talk about ourselves. Yeah! And, and that's fun. Um, yeah, I, I just, I find that, uh, do you ever just sit and realize for a second that, oh, I, I don't make a ton of money off this, but I get to talk about movies. <laughs> I get to write about movies and, and talk about movies. Do you ever just, does that ever just strike you it, as... It was the only job I ever wanted. Yeah, I, same here. And I have it. Same here. Um, it is funny. Like, someone was asking me once... Uh, don't you want to write a movie? Don't you want to write a book or something? And I think there might have been a period where that was, okay, yeah, I'll write a book one day. I think I just found it so much more fulfilling to see the work other people do <laughs> and be able to say, this person does great work. Pay attention to that. <laughs> um, rather than have to think it up on my own. Yeah. So so today what we thought we'd talk about, because we've had people ask us, um, you know, what's it like being a critic? What's your process? Um so I thought that'd be fun. You know, they, there's a lot of people trying to make it into film criticism these days, and a lot less space is available for them. Um, I think a lot less money. A lot less there's money. a lot of space. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. There's a lot of money. That is really weird. There are probably fewer paid positions for critics than there have been in decades, because most papers are cutting their critics, combining them. You know, so there's one critic at like ten different papers across the country, but. If you if money is not really the deal, you can open a blog spot. You can you can write something for any number of sites. You can I hear you can even set up a microphone and just record yourself gabbing about movies with other could, people who'd like could, to do that. You could do that right in your sunroom as your weird old neighbor walks right by the window. <laughs> you missed him. Are those leopard prints? <laughs> those are leopard print pants. So yeah, I, I thought it'd be fun to talk about. Um, just the experience of being a critic, but not not the uh, what's it like to go to a press screening or have you talked to anyone famous or how do I get a job doing it? Because those those are out there. I think it's much more fun to go personal. Like we did that DNA episode. Yeah, when we started, and I love that. It's probably still one of my favorite episodes we've recorded. Uh, so I thought this would be fun. Um, how long have you you've been doing this for a while? I've been doing this for a while. Do you have a process to coming up? You know, thinking up your review and putting it down, or not—not uh, not in the hardcore sense of you know, I brainstorm for thirty minutes and mm-hmm. then I come up with a theme and I work around it. No, um, I always assumed my job was uh, I have to be open to the film. Mm-hmm. I have to. My job is to have a reaction to what I've seen and heard. Mm-hmm. I need to understand why I had that reaction. 
And then I need to be truthful about both of those things mm-hmm. to my audience. Sure. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not a big fan of horror films. Okay. Or, uh, no, better example. I, I mostly hate fantasy films. Fantasy films are an uphill climb for me. I don't, uh, if, as soon as dragons are involved, I am checked out. If there's a map of a fictional place on screen, I am checked out for the okay. most part. So you're not a Game of Thrones guy? No, okay. not for a second. Wouldn't even try. <laughs> it doesn't have an interest. I tried. Um, now, that's not to say, I don't, I never say fantasy films suck. Mm-hmm. That's a stupid review. That yeah. doesn't do anything. Right. What I have to do if I'm going to write about a fantasy film, I feel the need to thread in at some point, depending on who I'm writing for and what I'm doing, I feel the need to explain that. I need to say, look, I have a problem with this for this reason. This is why this film follows right into that, and so I don't really care for this movie. Mm-hmm. Or, this is the way this film overturns this thing that I don't like, generally speaking, okay. and why I found it really interesting. So it's not... Uh, it, it, Roger Ebert taught me many things as a critic. One of them is, you don't... It's not about being right. <laughs> it's about yeah. being honest. Sure. He hated Blue Velvet and loved The Shadow. The man <laughs> was far from perfect, taste-wise. Okay? It's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's about being able to explain why. That's what I'm. That's what I look for in a critic, and that's what I try to get across. Be it if I'm talking about a movie or writing about a movie. And yes, if I happen to genuinely fall in love with a piece of work or having any really strong reaction to a work, Mm -hmm. get across that feeling in the tone of what I am writing or saying. Yeah. Do you take notes during a movie? Never. Yeah. Okay. I don't either. I go to the. Sometimes I'll go to press screenings. It's been a while, but I'm hoping to get. I think I'm going to start going back into them. I see the critics walk in, like my fellow critics walk in with their pad and paper. I'm like, how? I, I like that. I can't take my attention away. Yeah. I can't read my handwriting anyway if I write it in the dark. But it feels like um, I always think back to that scene in Almost Famous where he's standing at the side of the stage taking notes, and Penny Lane takes his pen and just kind of throws it away. <laughs> like the whole idea is experience it. And I think I think Tom Long, uh, the news, said it once. Like he wants to write a review having the same kind of tools or experience the audience would have. And audiences aren't going to be taking, taking notes. Um, I feel if the movie's good, if it sticks with me, I will remember that. If it's bad, I will remember that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm i a very much an external processor. Okay. Like I have to talk my way into kind of understanding what I feel about something. So it's very common if I go to a movie and if no one goes with me, when I'm driving home, I am talking to myself <laughs> and I am arguing like, like I am imagining that I'm telling my wife yeah. or someone what I thought about it and what didn't work and what might work. And I'm arguing with myself, uh, to kind of get the idea about how I stand on it. Um, cause I usually don't even know until I sit down to write what I really thought about a movie. I don't know if um, you've ever had that experience. No. I have the exact opposite. I need to. Well, no, I mean, in the sense that I, I would prefer to talk, but I will think. I've never, okay. I don't, I don't think I've ever been talked to myself out loud about okay. the movie, which I don't find weird. I'm not mocking. I, I sure. just, I'm thinking about it and I don't think I've ever done that. But I'd love to have a gaggle of people to talk about after I see something to work sure. out the ideas. Um, I have a really hard time. I, uh, generally speaking, and this is more of a process. I guess this gets into process. If I'm going to write a review, I have already written the first draft in my head. Like, when okay. I sit down, it's generally the second draft. Okay. Like, I know where I'm going to go, and if not, it's going to get there really quick. Okay. I don't, I can't, I don't, I can't write a full draft and then go back and re-edit it. I will change it on the fly. Okay. Like, the first draft becomes the second draft as I'm yeah, yeah. writing it for yeah. me. Um, and then it's usually, I, I, I've usually figured it out, and I'm pretty good to go, and then it's just landing where I want to make the points I wish to make and making sure they're coming across. See, I that's, think, that's the easiest way to explain the process. This is why papers in grad school drive me so nuts. <laughs> is because they require me to organize and outline everything. And that's not how I write. Yeah. I, I think as I write. And there have been so many times, and my wife gets on my case about this all the time. I will come home from a movie and she'll be like, oh, what'd you think about it? I'm like, oh, I really liked it. It was really good. And then I'll write the review, and she'll read the review. She's like, I thought you liked the movie. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? As I, as I sat down and wrote, I'm like, oh, well, this doesn't line up, and, and this doesn't line up. Uh, or a movie I'll come home and say, eh, it wasn't that great. And then I'll sit down to write, and I'll be like, oh, wait, I see what they were doing. I, you're kind of examining it from different angles as you write. You're like, oh, wait, no, that, that clicked for me. Um, I, 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 get, I see what they're doing, or maybe I need to go back and watch it again. Um, 
It is weird. Like, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it. No. I, I think everyone processes differently. For me, it's very much on the page I, or on the word processor. I'm kind of just shaping it as it goes. It's, it's really crazy. Um, I will try and go, do you use Letterboxd? No. Okay. I use Letterboxd. Um, usually I'll get home. And as soon, even if I'm watching a movie at home, as soon as the credits are on, I pull up my letterbox and I just kind of give it like a preliminary star rating, even though we can get to this in it. I hate star ratings. Yeah. Um, but I'll, it'll just, cause I can file that away at the end of the year. I'll look back and say, Oh, okay. I liked this one. Or, uh, what are my just loose vomit thoughts on this movie? <laughs> uh, and that kind of helps me to crystallize. Um, I used to do letter review or stars from the, uh, late eighties to the mid nineties. I actually kept a notebook every year. Oh, really? And I wrote every film I saw, new in theaters. I didn't do it with old films. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wrote down, I wrote the title of the movie at the top of the page. I wrote the director, the writer, the cinematographer, the editor, major cast. And then I would write, uh, not a flurry by any means, but yeah, I'd write down some ideas about the movie. Yeah. Uh, because I wasn't where I was in high school and college. I wasn't sure. a working critic. And, uh, and and then I I also would tag on the star rating even though I mm-hmm. loathe them as well. I used um, to. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, and that's you know I that's where I started to make you know the connection. Oh, this person wrote this movie too, mm-hmm. and this person that's where I learned cinematographers and editors. Yeah, not just what they did, but learn their names, which is really helpful. You those are those are. Those are film artists who you don't necessarily are going to pay attention to or wouldn't recognize. They're not actors. You don't see their faces. You don't know. Their style can be really different from film to film. There was no IMDb back though. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and that's another reason I don't take notes anymore. The internet does help with that. If, I mean, if there's a plot point that I might want to remember, someone's written about it. I've got it. If I, mm-hmm. if I would remember that it was $3,000 they were trying to steal and not $4,000, that's out there. Mm-hmm. I don't need to write that down anymore. Uh, but yeah, I kept those notebooks for years, and it, now it's just me taking and do. I just keep a straight up list. I don't write down writers and directors and okay. writers anymore or, or star writing, but I keep a list and have okay. ever since of every film I see in a year. Oh, nice. A new film that I see in a year. How many films would you say you see in a year? It depends when, uh, uh, at my old gig, I saw well over 120 films every year. I'm okay. not sure of it. Uh, uh, I see, I try to see at least, I, uh, uh, it's hard to say. It varies. It's never, it's never less than 70. Okay. Yeah, I'm probably about there. It's, 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 it's right about in that ballpark. I think last year for me was probably the lightest year I've had in about a decade. Uh, and the fact that I think last year was the first year I, for a while, was not writing anywhere regularly. <laughs> I wasn't doing, you know, Detroit Film Critics Society or anything. And I would probably say it was probably about 50 movies last year. And, that would include, that would probably include even catching up on old stuff. Just, that okay. there's not the time for that. Um, but yeah, probably about the same. If it's a year where I'm reviewing a lot, and especially if it's, you know, Detroit Film Critics stuff, like the end of the year, it's crazy to look back at my letterbox and go back to November and December, and it's just this yeah. endless scroll of sitting down and five for, you know, for five hours one Saturday going through different <laughs> screeners, which, is great and terrible at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, so you've been doing this. I, you've been doing this a little longer than I have. Uh, when did you start doing reviews again? I uh, uh, well, let's see. <laughs> I started doing. I was on Ann Arbor Radio uh, starting in '97. Okay. So I've been. I've had an outlet as a critic for twenty-two years. Okay. At this okay. point. Okay. Uh, and even before that, I mean, like I said, I kept that notebook. I was a critic. I wasn't getting published anywhere, mm-hmm. but I was certainly a critic. That's what I was. Sure. That's what I was doing. I was paying my bones there. Uh, so yeah, about, about that, a little over 20 years then. How would you say in those 22 years you've changed as a critic and a viewer? It's a good question. I would say that I don't, I, I'd like to think as a critic that I am, I, I don't think I've changed drastically by any mm-hmm. means. I, uh, I find myself falling into the typical traps of anybody getting older in anything. Mm-hmm. I have, I, I try to make sure I am not intolerant of things that are new. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I really enjoy being able to 
bring to mind, uh, bring, being able to teach people who are younger than me to say, check this out. If you're mm-hmm. interested in this, look at this. Mm-hmm. Find that connection. I love the fact that I, I just, I know more. And I, that, I don't mean for that to sound obnoxious, just the fact that oh, that's life. what you have to do if you're going to write the review is you have to come up with a context. Mm-hmm. I need, or an angle if you want to be really obnoxious about it, mm-hmm. use a more predatory term. And for me, that comes from knowing all of the work that all of the other people have done. Mm-hmm. That's usually where I find my angle. I'm like, okay, look, yeah, you know, I, I could write about, uh, uh, this is a terrible example because it's a TV show, but I'm, I'm in the middle of watching Fosse Verdon, the FX yeah. miniseries about Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon. You, to understand where it's falling short, you need to know all that jazz. But, regardless of that, it should be seen because Michelle Williams is doing stunning work on this show. And I can explain why. <laughs> why, sure. historically, this is one of her great, so far, from what I've seen, one of the great performances of her career. And why you should see this. And how it's synthesizing a lot of really other interesting things she's done. And how she is, how the show itself is finding a new voice. Uh, to tell this story that you know if you know Bob Fosse's story by no. letting Gwen Verdon have this space. That's all stuff's really interesting. And you should know, you know, if you know the history of Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon, it lets you see where they're cheating. <laughs> sure. In something like this. Yeah. It helps. It's all good. And so all that knowledge is good. And even if you don't have that knowledge, if you've got great knowledge about other stuff, about politics or about just the culture at large, if you can draw the connections, you know, to, to a film outside of other films and make mm-hmm. it to the culture and make it to politics and make it to sports, whatever it is. You can always find a context and make something interesting to write about. I think that's true. I think that was something, um, so years ago, uh, back, I was probably in high school. It was probably about the time you were starting out because it was my senior year of high school, which was 97. Okay. Um, I was kind of thinking about what I want to do, you know, after co- I'd go to college, what would I go to college for? And I was like in a college prep class. I'm like, well, you need to interview someone in that field. So I called up uh, Terry Lawson, who uh-huh. was at that point the free press critic. Uh-huh. And he was he was very gracious. He talked to me over the phone for like a half hour one day. And I put up with my bumbling because I had no idea what to ask. Um, and I remember I asked him, like, well, what would you recommend for some of this field? He's like, don't be the guy who watches movies all day. <laughs> he's like, he's like, don't be the guy who goes and reviews a movie and then come home comes home and watches five movies and your whole life is movies. He's like, you need, he's like, have a background in music or art or something because that's going to draw out, that's going to give you your voice. That's going to influence your review. Yes. If you look at, if you look at Roger Ebert, like Roger Ebert never, he didn't start off as a critic. He, he was going to be a journalist or he's a, a newspaper novelist. Guy. Yeah. And, and you see that in his reviews. He is very much a newspaper guy. Yeah. Um, and that's what I love about him because I'm a newspaper guy. He was also very well versed in politics and literature. And I, you see that in his reviews. Um, one of the things I've noticed about, I, I was just the other day looking at some old reviews I had done and, uh, I, I find the strongest writing I've had has been when I've had the opportunity to take something from like a faith perspective or a theological perspective. Oh yeah. And say, oh, okay, well, how does the movie work from this angle? And, and it does, it gives you a voice. It opens up more outlets for you. It makes you distinctive. I, I think that's, that, that's crucial to anyone wanting to do this is have, don't be the movie guy, you know. Be an expert in movies. Love movies. Be be a be a be a movie person. Be, be a movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to say don't be a movie person. Be a diamond. Be, be a diamond with multi facets. Other styles. things yes. too. Yes. Don't don't just be a movie person. You will appreciate movies more if you have that outside context. Absolutely. And and I think that's it. I, I've noticed over time I've changed like just simple things like I going back to I used to do grades and stars. Um, you know, I'd had the A plus, B plus rating scale. Yeah. And I remember there was just one clear day where I was, I was writing and I was doing it for the paper at that point. And I'm like, you know what? Why am I doing this? This is like, this is cheating. <laughs> this is cheating. Yeah. This, this is cheating for the audience. And honestly, I don't know if my job is to tell someone, oh, this movie is good or bad. Right. I want them to read my review and know after reading that review, oh, I want to see this movie. That, that's kind of the point of it. And so I did away with it and, you know, no one ever said anything. Well, and for me, my, my core that I try to remember mm-hmm. approaching any, any work is film, all, all great artist communication. 
It is communication. Mm-hmm. It is not a product. It is not. It's, it's not something you're supposed to put six dollars down and buy mm-hmm. an experience. It's a communication. Sure. Someone wants to either have you experience something or say something. And your job as a critic is to communicate. If you don't respect that, and if you don't try to do that in your own work, you're failing. You're yeah. failing the art form. Now, granted, we're, and this is the one time I allow for, uh, you know, snark is a dangerous place to go. <laughs> but it's fun, isn't it? <laughs> it's not that it's fun. It's that if I am confronted with something that I feel isn't communication, that I feel okay. is product, sure. that I feel is being something less than the art form could be. Okay. That's when I get me as a critic. Okay. That's when I will be, that's, that's when I will get snarky. See, Cause, because that's what I feel I'm getting. And again, that's communication. I feel like you're communicating snark at me. That's what I will dish back. It's never about just being mean for the sake of being mean. That's pointless. See, and I used to, I, I, there was definitely a phase where I knew, like, I, I don't, there's not many things in life I know I'm good at. I know I'm a good writer. <laughs> and so I used to wield that, like, Oh, well, I'm just going to be really sharp with this movie and I'm going to, you know, have fun just being so mean to it. And I realized, A, like you said, that's not healthy conversation. Right. But it's also, it, it was not fulfilling. Like, I would much rather say, like, sincerely approach a movie that tried to do something and failed and say, here's why it doesn't work. Here's what they're trying to do. It just doesn't get there. Or this movie is great, and I don't know how to wrap my arms around it. So I'm just going to tell you that I don't know how to wrap my arms around it. You need to go out and see this for yourself. Um, I, I remember someone told me once, "Oh, I love reading your bad reviews. Like you, you're when you tear those must be so much fun to write." I'm like, well, sometimes it's cathartic. Like if there's a movie I really dislike, it yes. is cathartic to write that. I don't like writing bad. Or I would much rather. Enjoy a movie and tell you about yes. it. Yes. Like, don't, I, I'm wasting two hours if I'm seeing a bad movie uh, and just snarking about it the whole time. I'm not wasting those two hours if I'm saying this movie just doesn't work and here's why. Yeah. But, yeah. Do you find it easier to write about uh, good films or bad films? Bad films. Yeah. Good. Um, here's the thing. Same here. No, I, actually, I will say. So, like, a really bad film is the easiest thing to write about because it's just... Here's what didn't work. I'm angry. You know, and, and there is that catharsis. But good films are easy to write about when I can tell you that it's just technically good. If it's a transcendently good film, I can't, I like, that terrifies me. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's horrifying. The one movie <laughs> I am terrified of writing anything about, and it's one of my favorite movies, uh, The Tree of Life. The Terrence Malick movie uh-huh. is a movie I have tried to write a blog post or something about. And I, <laughs> that is a movie I can't wrap my brain around. Like, I, I know why I love it. I know what he's doing in that movie. I can't explain to you. Defies why language. It's a film that defies it language. It does. Yeah, yeah. Great yeah. movies are very hard to write about. Um, the worst ones actually to write about, though, are not the horrible movies, but just the mediocre. The, uh, the polite three-star review? The polite three-star review of The Gentleman's 2. Um, you know, it, just when it's that movie that just is there, and sure, it's fine, but it did not add anything to my life. Um, that's Those are easy to write and not any fun. It's like, they're not. They're, they're boring. It's Just like the movie. And there was a period... <laughs> yeah. Just like the movie you saw. Well, there was a period where I was writing reviews every week. Oh, yeah. Um, and I started to notice, like, certain times a year, summer... Um, it would be, I, I would really get in a drag. Like, I, I would be like, this is very formulaic writing that I'm doing, and I have this down to a little, me- you know, mechanical uh-huh. formula. Yeah. Because these movies aren't giving me anything to work with. And oddly enough, I'm, I'm a champion for the Marvel movies. I love them. I'm wearing my Captain America shirt right now. I write very, I'm saying this as I have a piece going up about them this later this week, but I write very little about the Marvel movies. Because I love them as a viewer, as someone who wants to engage about art, they're not fun to talk about. No, they're product. It's it's yeah, it it, it works for me. I know why it works for me. I'm not going to defend it and say, you know, this is worth having in a giant discussion about the art form because they do the same thing over and over. Yeah. Uh, but they are better than the DC movies. But 
Yeah. But that's a discussion for another day. Yeah, no, I definitely find great movies harder to work, write about. They are, they, they're, the, um, the hardest time of the year for me is Christmas time to write reviews. Oh, uh, okay. between, between Thanksgiving and Christmas because you are seeing so much at that time that is often so good. <laughs> and so it's on, like now, yeah. now that I don't write a, for a site where there's like a hard deadline, <clears throat> it's a little easier because I can pace myself. But when it was on that weekly deadline, it was impossible. Yeah. I, I, I would often say, you know what? I'm going to write my review, but I'm going to go to my blog later and I'm just going to write a longer piece that's probably going to be better. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm just going to get out there what I can on this. Um, yeah. Do you think you've changed as a viewer in 22 years? Oh, I mean, I'm sure it evolved. I don't think I've changed in any radical way, but you can't help but evolve. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that same principle. I've seen, I've seen so much. Yeah. I, uh, that's going to affect everything. Um, I mean, I remember the first time I stumbled across a review of a film and I started to read it and I got to the end and realized, oh, I wrote that. Like I've written enough that I don't remember everything I've written. Oh, really? Okay. It's like, you know, it's like, I, I, oh, oh. And, and thankfully the, the few times that's happened, it's been, oh, that's spot on. Yeah. <laughs> it just always feels good. It's like, okay, I still feel that way. That's good. I haven't, <laughs> my, my view of the film hasn't changed even though I forgot what it was. I just had this experience this week. Um, so I was writing up like a summer movie preview for my site and I was trying to think, okay, well, what are they going to be in the box office hits? Because people like to read about that. Well, what about, what else is coming out? Oh, there's a men in black movie coming out. Well, it's the third men in black movie. And then I look at like, so I'm researching like, oh, this is the fourth. There was a third. I saw and wrote about the third Men in Black movie. I remember, and apparently I liked it. I really like the third Men in Black movie, and actually. According to my review, I liked it, and I have forgotten that it exists. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's really crazy. Um, I, I feel like I hope I've found a balance more in, like, because I remember when I started to read a lot of film criticism and really kind of take it seriously, um, the site that influenced me was Ain't It Cool News, which was, Total fanboy stuff. And I was very influenced by um, Drew McWeeney, who wrote a lot of about exploit, exploitation pictures and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I really dove into this fanboy persona and, like, championing genre and everything. And and I love genre movies. Um, but then that phase came in the 20s and 30s, or early 30s, where suddenly I was, everything was a foreign movie or a documentary or an indie film or an art film. And... You know, the kids stuff was for the kids, and I don't need that because I'm a more evolved. I'm a snob. You know, and, and I feel like maybe the balance, I, I found a balance where I'm, I like a good genre movie. I love a good horror movie. I love a good action movie. Uh, I like a good comic book movie. But I also have, you know, I, I subscribe to the Criterion channel and the Disney, and gonna be subscribing to Disney Plus. Like, <laughs> and, and I feel like that's a good balance to have. Um, I think sometimes I need to re- to remember that sometimes Mad Max Fury Road is better than something that debuted at Cannes that year. <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road actually might have debuted at Cannes that year. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, just because I also think it's good to be on the audience's page as well sometimes. I, I can I can talk till I'm blue in my face that audiences... Oh, you don't agree with No, that? go ahead. No, no, I, see, I, I don't, I never cared for this bifurcation. I, I'm, I am the audience. Sure. I am I, the audience. I don't care. I, yes, I'm, I, I, I have, I have different tastes because I've mm-hmm. seen a whole lot. I've seen more than the average audience member. Sure. But no, I, I think you do a disservice if you, if you start saying it. Except, I, I say lean into the snobbery, which is not to okay. say, which is not to say that's, I'm above that. I don't need that. I don't mm-hmm. want that, but I, I, it's it would be dishonest otherwise. I don't. I, I, I you know, I can I like a horror film? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it rare? Yeah. But I know why, and I can explain why, well, and okay. I should explain why. If you're look, you're right. If there's someone who wants to know if the if the newest Halloween film is worth seeing because there are these awesome kills that are mm-hmm. really new and bring something to the genre, you're right. I'm not going to know that. But you know what? I'll be able to write about it if there's. If I can hatch it into something going on in politics, or if I can sure. talk about that doesn't that doesn't del- I, 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 I dislike the snob label because it implies a level of pushing away that I don't think really exists. Okay, in I the, think in the snob in 
in, in a way that I wish people would accept it. Sure. Okay. I guess <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yes. And I'm not saying that in terms of taste, I guess, is what I'm saying is I used to get really upset that, uh, let's use Synecdoche, New York as an example. Okay. I loved it and I championed when it came out. I remember getting really frustrated. Why aren't my, why aren't my readers going to see this movie? Why isn't anyone oh, going to see yeah, this movie? Until I realized, A, they're not interested in that, which I think is a shame. But B, I hate to say this because this is playing into where I kind of feel like it makes me sound elitist or a snob. They're not going to get that movie all the time. Like I, and, and there's a certain sense where I feel like, as a critic, when I'm talking to people, and maybe it's more when I'm just talking to, you know, a, a general viewer who goes to the movies once a month. To say, I, yeah, this is a good movie. I don't know if it's quite your thing. Give it a shot. Maybe ease yourself in with uh, Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind to see if you like his <laughs> mentality a little bit. Um, I don't think that means also to say, oh, there's a Halloween movie out. I'm going to write about how awesome the kills are. Because I think any good fan of the genre is going to know what falls short in that. And the new Halloween movie falls short of a lot. But... Uh, <laughs> Like, like, I think it's, I think it's embracing the movies on their terms. And being able to say, okay, there is this Charlie Kaufman movie out. It's great. It's what you expect. If you are a fan, you will like it. Oh, there is a Kevin Hart comedy out. If you like him, it's one of the better ones. It's okay. I, I don't know. I, I think I know what see, I'm saying, but. See, and I think that gets Dave. I, I think the worst thing you can say is, as, I, I, I reject the idea of saying, I don't like this, but you will. That's snob. To me, that's that's okay. that's the definition of snobbery to me, and so I would rather say I don't like this movie. I don't think it's any good. Here's why I don't think it's any good. If okay. that sounds good to you, the, the the I don't have to say it explicitly. The subtext of that is if that sounds good to you, you'll love it. And I don't and I can write that without okay. without it sounding like you're an idiot if you like this. That's the challenge. That not the challenge. That's the goal. That's that's okay. what that's what should be aspired to. In my opinion, okay. I, because because of the because of the what I am bringing to it as 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 me as a critic, mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking to do. You know, I, I, it doesn't mean I can't sit there and geek out about great kills <laughs> if I choose to. That's just not how I. That's not my way into horror films. Yeah, that's not what I'm interested in. Uh, you know, in our in our in our episode about musicals, it's that ability to recognize. You know, I don't. We talked about the ending of Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. That would normally aesthetically repel me. I don't. I, it, it, it's it's the it's the same ending in the Lego Movie, and I hate the Lego Movie for the way it's ended. I love the Lego Movie, but for I know, but I love Moulin Rouge, and Moulin Rouge is the exact same. Ending, so it's not about yeah. it's not about aesthetics alone. Mm-hmm. Well, no, movie's it's, about what it's about. Right, exactly. Yes. Movie's about what it's about. And knowing that and being able to explain that. I know what I'm trying to say, and I'm not saying it. It's why I don't, it's why, it's why I think reviewing kids' films is really dangerous and falls to the snob prey more than anything else. Like, this isn't any good. Your kids will like it. You could sit through it while your kids watch mm-hmm. it. Well, that's not a helpful review at all. I'm not, I, I, I have gotten old enough where, for me, and this is just being as mm-hmm. me, I am not a commercial guide. I'm not a consumer guide. Okay. That's not my job. It is, mm-hmm. but it's not. That's not how right. I am approaching it. Which is to say, I am doing that if I'm doing the job that I think I'm supposed to be doing well without having to say that's what I'm doing. If you know why I like something or why I don't like something and you and I give you enough context for me about why I've had this reaction to the movie, mm-hmm. you should be able to figure out if you like it or not. Sure, okay. If you're I, reading me as a consumer guy, if that's what you want out of a critic, I, that's fine. I agree with you and I... Feel like I, yeah. I feel like the way I explained it was not the right way to explain it. I, I think the mentality I come down to, and maybe it, it's this. This is the conversation I have with people when they're often when I, I used to try and sell them on a movie that they were probably I, I knew they were cool. You know, it's like trying to sell my parents on uh, there's something about Mary, which was not a good idea. Um, <laughs> no, it was a very good. But idea. but often at the end of the year, people are like, oh, you know, I really loved Bohemian Rhapsody. Wasn't wasn't that a great movie? And I'm like. <laughs> No, but you know, I okay, I can't say I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, but you're still right. But I'm probably still right. <laughs> but it's the same thing, like why? And like you said, being able to say, well, because this is what the movie says it's trying to do is tell you the story of Freddie Mercury, and it's not telling the story of Freddie Mercury. Mercury. Right. It's not doing it well. But I think it, it goes the other way too. When I when I say, oh, my favorite movie of the year was, um, I don't know, something. Uh, oh, a few years ago, my favorite movie of the year was A Ghost Story. David Lowry's A Ghost oh, Story. Oh, yeah. A movie I, I adore. I yes. love that movie. 
And I'm, like, I remember trying to explain that to someone, like, so it's a horror movie? I'm like, no, no, no it's not. Well, what is it? I'm like, it's kind of a meditation on life and death, and, you know, it, there's a scene where she sits and eats pie for two minutes. Like, that sounds so boring. I'm like, no, it's good. So I'll, you know, two weeks later, I saw that movie. How could, how could you recommend that to me? Yeah. And it's me having to realize, oh, you know what? I have a history, like, it's kind of a tolerance. You, you build up your muscles for it, your viewing muscles. Over time. Yeah. I guess it's the best way I can explain it. Like, being able to remember not everyone has those muscles yet, so I'm going to champion this movie, well, but I'm going to Everyone has totally the same understand. muscles. Yeah. I don't even need to... I, I, yeah. There's no need to put a a, a, a pejorative or we're yeah. have more or better of something. We've seen more. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm going to say. Yeah, exactly. We've seen more. I, I, it's going to affect the way I look at it. Yes, if you think that makes me unknowable, mm-hmm. if you think that anything I like, you're not going to like then, well, okay... Sure. I still serve my purpose then as a consumer guide for you, mm. and I'm being honest with you about how I feel about a movie and trying to yeah. explain why I feel about the movie, which I think is the best possible open communication to it. If someone comes to me and says, you know, I, I am, I, I feel I'm, not to sound utterly self-absorbed, mm. I feel I'm pretty good if I get to know somebody at recommending a movie they're going to like. Mm. I'm not going to necessarily recommend a movie I like. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I would do that, yeah. If you come to me and say, I want to see this kind of movie, I think you'd really like this and this. If I know you, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, I don't love this movie, but I think you'll really like it. <laughs> now, in a review, I'm not going to say, this is this is terrible, but this kind of person will like it. That's what yeah. I'm saying. That's what we, if, I, if it's one-on-one, if it's personal, and I know the person, I don't mind saying that. I yeah. think they know me. They know I'm not being, it's not snobbish. It is... Yeah. This is, I'm not saying I like this, but I think you'll really love this, and I want you to love this. I hate it when people, you know, are upset or disappointed. When people I know ask me, they're so excited about a movie that they loved, and I hate it, and they get let down. I'm like, I'm glad that you love it. Don't you ever turn around? I want to hear about it. Do you ever turn around and they're like, like, well, what did you think about Human Interesting? What did you think? (laughs) No. I can't, I can't run away from the question, what did you think of a movie, Chris? I can't, I can't, I can't. I have to answer that question, Chris. You know what's crazy? It's like in Roger Rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) Two bits! What's really crazy is, uh, I, I think the, the entire audience, I've written for has changed so much in like the past uh, 14 years because I started off doing this for a weekly paper. And so my audience was the people in Shelby Township who would get the paper and might decide to make that their movie for the year. Yeah. And, uh, and and so you would, I would kind of temper like right at that level, which meant I was probably going to pick what I chose or pick what I covered a little differently because I knew, you know, they're interested in this. It sells papers to get this, blah, blah, blah. I feel like with the internet, though, the conversation is so much wider and so much more often what I love, and I love doing it with the retro reviews and stuff, you're writing more often than not, not to the people who are going to the one movie a year they see, but to people who love movies. Yeah. And that, I feel it's become more fun and more challenging that way. And that, that's been a change that I've really welcomed with the internet. With the downside that it's put a lot of journalists on the jobs. But, uh, um, but I, I love it. I think the conversation is so much more interesting and you're not, you're not stuck to that opening weekend review anymore. Like, yeah. like I'm not having to write and say, this is what's out this weekend. It's five movies I hate. You know, it's, hey, this movie came out three weeks ago. It's still making some money. I, I think there's something else to say about it or, you know, even if it's, like, I find Twitter fascinating for film criticism. Like, because I follow a lot of critics on there, and there might be just a thread they come up with where I'm like, oh, that's the most brilliant take on that movie I've seen. Or they have a gif to explain exactly what they're thinking right away, and I'm like, oh, you're absolutely right. That's great. I didn't think of that before. It is fun. I feel like there is more of a, it's more of a conversation than a consumer piece anymore. Yeah. Which, that was definitely when I talked to Terry Lawson, um... He his recommendation was, well, reviews are really like consumer reports. Which, I don't really like that mentality. To a certain extent, they are. Sure. Like, if someone wants to spend their money on a movie, I love to think that the review is more the first phase of that conversation. Absolutely. And I've gone back and rewrote a piece after, or not rewrote a piece, but wrote another piece after reading someone else's take, and it kind of becomes a dialogue. I, I think that's so much fun. I, I like that we're past the point where, you know, 
Remember, Elvis Mitchell was fired from was it the Free Press. He was here at the Free Press, right? I the believe he's somewhere in Detroit. He's Detroit. Yeah, he was fired for panning the tune. Really? I no, did not yes. know that. Yes. Wow. <laughs> wow. I did not know that. <laughs> like that's dangerous. That's yeah. not. That's not the point. Yeah, the only people who get to like get people fired for what they write about are the president of the United States. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any like guidelines that you've made for yourself for writing and watching movies, or like, yeah, I don't know, like loose rules you try to adhere to, or no, just what I said before. I mean, my job is to be, my job is to attend to the film. Mm-hmm. I, 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 my job is to pay attention. It's the reason why I will always, it's, it's the reason why I don't care about screen size. I don't care about audiences. I don't care about anything, uh, uh, the difference between seeing something at home and seeing something at the theater. The difference is at the theater, movie ain't gonna stop. Mm-hmm. I gotta focus. Yeah. I have to pay attention. I have to bring my best to it. As a viewer, I, if, if this is, I'm not talking as a critic. This is just, if I'm gonna have this experience, mm-hmm. I pay to have this experience. I wanna have this experience. I want to experience the movie. Yeah. I'm gonna pay attention. If the movie gets me to a point where I don't wanna pay attention to it anymore, <laughs> well, okay. That's something else, and I might have a different, I might have a different mental reaction to that, whether I have to review it. Mm-hmm. If I'm there professionally, that's a different experience. That, that's a different experience at that point than if I'm there and I'm just seeing it to catch up on something and think, oh god, this is horrible. <laughs> Do you ever walk out? I don't think I've I have walked out never of walked out of a movie. Oh wait, I have. I did once. I, when I was a kid. I walked out of. Um... Black Dog with Patrick Swayze. <laughs> I have never walked out of a movie that I haven't already seen. Okay. Okay. You walked out when you've seen it before? Yeah. Did you like just were suddenly, oh yeah, that's not good. I was wrong or? No, I, somebody else wanted to see it. Oh, okay. So okay. I was back there and they were like, oh, we could go. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> no, I've never stopped watching a movie and never finished it. Okay. That I had to, re- I mean, that I was, I've never, I'm sorry, I've never written about a movie I haven't finished. Okay. That yeah, I haven't watched yeah, no. in full for sure. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's some movies I probably started and abandoned. That I, I, I'm sure I should, like I'm sure I didn't write it's about It's a lot them. easier at home, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what rules I, I... I did come up with a rule that I can't trust. Like, the worst time for my film criticism is between the credits rolling and me reaching the car in the parking lot. <laughs> like, like that is, that is the worst time for me to have an opinion about a movie. And I hate it when you go to screenings and there are the reps at the back of the theater, <laughs> asking for your thought. <laughs> and I understand why they do it. I totally get that it's a, you know, the studios want to know that. I genuinely, that is the least trustworthy time to ask my opinion of a movie. I, I hate it when people say, so what do you think of that? I'm like, it, sometimes I have been so, like, entertained that I, it takes me getting into my car where I realize, oh wait, that was actually bad. <laughs> or I've been so uncomfortable that I'm like, I don't think I like that. And then I'm like, Oh no, I, I really actually like that. Um, I do have a very fond memory of us leaving a screening of Batman vs. Superman. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh. You told the story and I, I know, and I forget. Oh, it was great. We were walking out. I think we were walking out at the same time. And I remember <laughs> one of the reps asked you, like, hey, did you like that? And your, your response was just, fuck no. Oh my god, did I really say that? That's <laughs> yes. rare for, I will. I will usually gladly drop an F-bomb on company, but never, that was, that's wholly unprofessional. <laughs> yeah. I was angry though. I really did hate that movie. Oh, it, it's a bad movie. Oh, it's a terrible I gotta movie. revisit that later this year because I'm doing the Batman series and I am so, ter- so dreading that and Justice League. They're like waiting at the end for me. So, so just to undercut everything we've just said, can you think of your favorite Negative review, your favorite stuff <laughs> review, or, or a good okay. one. Well, we'll balance Can you it. think of one? We'll do negatives and positives. No, 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 well, I think we should, I think we should include them in the show notes. I think we should set up a link to, because oh, I, if I can, my problem is so much of what I wrote is on the paper that the archives are scrubbed. Um, but I'm sure they're out there. Oh, my favorite bad review I wrote. Do you, if you have one, go ahead first, because I got a thing. Uh, uh, my, I'm quite proud of my review of Rock of Ages. What did you say? I'd have to, uh, I'd have to bring it up. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> this is the, uh, Alec Baldwin, Tom Cruise masterpiece. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a second. I can find it. 
I can find it. This is probably a bad idea to read or review right over the air. We well, that was the whole review. If there's little nuggets of wisdom you have. Because uh, now I think about can, it. Can I even get to all movie anymore? Oh, it went for, it's a full movie. I don't want full movie. I want all movie. Yeah, Catherine Zeta-Jones, uh, her bitch-o-piggy scene leading a gaggle of middle-aged Christian zealots to Pat Benatar's hit me with your best shot looks like a Zumba class. Because <laughs> that's right. It does. It does. I have never seen it. And uh, I ended with... It was one of the best endings I ever wrote for review, which was, Shankman's film has a few laughs, but nobody who adored these songs when they were popular will care for this movie. The entire idea of a rock musical set in this time in this place that doesn't have an R rating should be a tip off to how length the content will be. And for those that already have some antipathy towards the genre, talking about the jukebox musical, to bring us back to last time's episode, for... Uh, uh, the, the, uh, their biggest smile will come at the end when they realize that four years after this movie ends, Nirvana will come along and end all of their careers. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> I think if I had, I, you know, I do remember there was, and I, I hope it's not lost of time. I will dig and try and put it and find it, put it on the uh, site. Um, I, I have a history of writing about faith, faith in film. Yes, yes, you do. So. And very the, well. The opportunity came around to review the Kirk Cameron movie, um, Ooh, Saving, which one? Saving Christmas. Okay. And I watched this movie, and I I, I was sitting right at that table in the other room. <laughs> I watched it on an online screener. The neighbor came by with leopard print pants and on. I swear, I, like there was that about a halfway point where I'm like, this movie's like three hours long, isn't it? And I was an hour into it. Ooh, and that the worst was feeling. Talk about catharsis writing a review. Because <laughs> I was like this is a case where the movie wasn't just ineptly made. And it is. Like it's <laughs> it's really badly made. The last twenty minutes are literally rich white people break dancing in the lobby of Kirk Cameron's house. And seated around a Christmas table eating ham. That still sounds better than Rock of Ages, just for the record. Well, but it wasn't just that it was bad. It was that the entire message of the movie was was someone like... The whole idea was someone was trying to tell Kirk Cameron, you know, Christmas is really bad because it's supposed to be about Jesus and not about materialism and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's where I figure a Christian movie's going to go, so whatever. Except the point of the movie is Kirk Cameron literally speaks the lie. <laughs> but... So you see, materialism isn't bad. Oh, and I was so mad wow. that this was not just a bad movie, but like morally repugnant. <laughs> um, so, so I I can't remember. I do remember comparing it to the Norm Macdonald sketch on Saturday Night Live where he talks about the Kenny G Christmas album. It's basically Happy Birthday, Jesus. Hope you like crap. Uh, there was that, and then and then the most great thing. <laughs> The most read thing I have ever written was a takedown of God's Not Dead, which is a wretched movie. And it's probably the... Because I don't... You know, about about a bad movie, I don't really get angry about it. Like, I might get frustrated or irritated. Right. This is the only time I have written a review angry. Just so mad the entire time I wrote it that I was just like... I know I'm supposed to love movies. I want to destroy this movie because it, it's so bad. I did that with uh, Company Man, the John Wells film with uh, Chris Cooper and Ben Affleck. That's a film I hate at that level. Oh, and I, that, my review of that is genuinely angry. Was there one that you wrote where you're like, is there one you wrote that you were really proud of? Maybe not even just it's so well written, but it got people to talk about the movie or see it? I don't know. I never really, I I know this sounds awful saying I want to communicate, but I never really worry about that one Mm. way or the other. I'm like, um, you know, I, uh, uh, uh. I'm really proud of my Before Sunset review. Mm -hmm. I thought I would not be able to capture the sheer ecstatic feeling I felt coming out of that movie, and I feel like I did. So okay. I feel good about that. Um, I, 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 by default, I don't think it's anything about the review, but the the most feedback I ever got for anything that I wrote or said in public was uh, all around Passion of the Christ, and I don't think I said anything all that controversial about it. Oh, you write about that movie. It's right. Yeah. That's the point. So it's like you know, I don't, I don't really. 
I don't mind one way or the other. I will tell you this, the nicest, and again, this sounds so self-serving, and I should probably cut this and stop this after this <laughs> story, nice. if not before. The nicest, and I think I told, I think I may have told this on the air. One of the nicest surprises I had, uh, ever, uh, cause, a lot of times the critic, you just, I, I, I don't really care because I feel like I'm writing into a void anyway. If I hear something that great, I don't sure. expect to, that's fine. Um, I ran into, uh, it turned out that, uh, the daycare that, uh, my child was going to at the time, I ran into somebody who recognized me. I said, oh, yes, I knew her from, she's from my hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was younger than me, but I had gone to school with her brother. Okay. And I knew her brother. We weren't, like, we were friendly, we weren't tight, we weren't enemies, we knew each other, mm-hmm. liked him, hung out a couple times, good guy. Um, I said, and how's, oh my god, how's Chad? I found out where he was, I had lost touch with him. She said, oh, here's his contact info. Uh, he'd love to hear from me. So I shot off a note of some kind. I don't remember what it was at that point. This is in the mid-2000s, it wasn't uh-huh. the text, yeah. I don't know what it was. And he sent back some response saying, funny story, I'm dating this girl whose dad is a total film nerd. Mm-hmm. And he said, and I went to visit her house and he's got this massive DVD collection. But inside the DVDs, he cuts out reviews and like he folds them up and he puts, he puts wow. reviews he likes in the case. He said, I'm looking through and I found a bunch of yours. Wow. So which was like, wow. like, oh, oh, that's right. It does go out there. So like I said, I don't know. I don't worry about getting a response back. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the effect is. Yeah. I hope it's been good. That's, that's all I can say. And good meaning that it triggers a conversation, because that's what I want. I did have a piece, and we can close after this, but I'm, I'm going to toot my own horn, too. But, please, uh, please. I, I wrote a piece. There was a movie I saw last year. I I feel like they just sent me an online screener, like, do you want to see this movie? It's about faith. I was writing for a faith site at the time. And I get to Jewish, so it's not Christian. I'm like, I don't care. Send it to me. I'll watch yeah. it. And it was this movie, this uh, really charming little indie movie from uh, Israel uh, called The Women's Balcony. And it's just a small movie about Jew- a Jewish community and what happens when their synagogue is damaged and kind of changes that come when a new rabbi comes in. And I liked the movie a lot. And I was like, oh, you know, I wish... And so I wrote up this piece where I reviewed it and said, it's just you feel a part of this community. I really wish that kind of films that were from the Christian perspective would be this warm and engaging and just deal with life in the community instead of preaching at everyone. Father, I didn't really think of anything else of it. And the director of the film saw the email or saw wow. the post and emailed me and he was just, I can't thank you for saying nice things about this movie. I, I'm glad someone saw it. I'm glad it meant something to you. I'm going to contact Rotten Tomatoes right now and tell them you need to be a ver- verified critic, <laughs> which never happened. But, um, and, and I'm okay being a non-verified critic. But, uh, but yeah, it, it just, it felt good because I was like, oh, well, you know, and they retweeted the review a lot. And it actually got some fairly good traction. I'm like, you know, if more people saw this movie that was, you know, made for probably a hundred thousand bucks in Israel, I'm happy I could help with that. Yeah, like exactly. Same thing. There was a Christian movie a few years ago where I talked to the directors and stuff. And I'm like, I really like this movie. It's really funny. It's really subversive. And I was able to have my name kind of on. You know, it was my first blurb ever. And I'm like, oh, if that gets people to see this movie, I'm happy. That's good. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing I like the most is. When someone says, I watched this because of you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that brings us to the end of it. Uh, thank you for sticking with us as long as we did. <laughs> but when you ask us to talk about our sides, it's not even that long. It's like, what do you do this? We'll end it down. It'll be less than 52. It'll, it'll, it'll be 50 it. minutes by the time we're done. Uh, so, Perry, where can people find you? You can find me at Perry Loves Film uh, on Twitter. Tweet at me. We want to start a conversation. Absolutely. I'm at Facebook. You can hear me at every Friday on WLBY in Ann Arbor on the Lucy and Land Show, or find that show online and listen to the Friday shows to me there. And you can usually find me in the middle of the third row at your local multiplex. Uh, you can find me at Michigan Sports and Entertainment. You can listen to my other podcast, Wasting Time. And you can find me on Twitter at Mere Christianity. And we will see you in two weeks.